You're listening to the We Lead Well podcast, where well-being matters. The show is brought to you in partnership with Progressive Masculinity and HeadTeacherChat.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the We Lead Well podcast. I'm Vicky Maguire. I'm an education and leadership coach. I work with schools to help them to use coaching to improve teaching, learning and well-being. If it's something you would be interested in finding out more about how I could help you to implement coaching to help school improvement, you can email me at vicky at weleadwell.co.uk or you can have a look at the website. It's weleadwell.co.uk. So back to the reason for this special edition episode. Today, the Teacher Wellbeing Index has been released. And I have to say that although I wasn't surprised at some of the findings in this report, because I recognise having suffered a burnout myself in school and still working with senior leaders and head teachers in schools very closely, I do recognise that there are considerable struggles and challenges for school staff currently. However, I was shocked at the specific numbers and percentages contained in the Teacher Wellbeing Index. And essentially, the the well-being score of 44, that is much lower than the national population scores for well-being, is a real serious concern. And that's for the whole education sector. And that's why I wanted to do this special edition of the podcast, to give you an overview of some of the findings that's contained in the Wellbeing Index that has been released today so that you're aware of how staff in your school, how your senior leaders are currently feeling about their roles, about how their school supports them, about their mental health and wellbeing challenges. And the first thing that stood out to me is that 75% of all staff in schools are stressed. We know that it's a stressful job, but the fact that 75% of staff identify themselves as stressed is a serious concern because when you are spending a long period of time under a lot of stress, that's when burnout happens. And the more concerning thing for me is that 84% of senior leaders are feeling stressed. It's significantly higher for senior leaders. And these are the people who are leading our schools. <laughs> we need them to be well. We do not need them to be coming in work stressed because the more stressed you are, the less able you are to take on more of that stress. So that's a, that's a big concern to me. Another concern is that nearly 60% of staff in schools are not confident disclosing their unmanageable stress 
or their mental health issues to their employer. And that worries me because we need to have cultures in schools of openness and honesty where staff feel like they will not be judged and that they can go and tell their line manager or their senior leader when they are feeling stressed or if they are suffering from a mental health challenge or issue so that they can be supported by their organisation so that they can manage that stress and so that they can manage that mental health issue or challenge in order to improve and it's a real worry to me that nearly 60% of staff in schools are not confident to disclose when they are suffering from stress or mental health challenges and this is a big red flag for senior leaders in schools we are not doing enough to make staff feel comfortable to come to speak to us as senior leaders or as line managers when they are facing challenges so for me that's the first thing that comes powerfully out of this teacher well-being index survey and that is that we need to support staff in schools better we need to ensure that they do feel confident because there is a culture of openness and honesty in our school and the way that we go about that is by being honest ourselves with our staff as senior leaders and sharing some of our challenges with each other. The other thing is that fifty nearly 50% of staff feel that their organisations don't support employees well when they have mental health and wellbeing problems. And this is another key area for me. As head teachers and senior leaders, we need to take the mental health and well-being of our staff seriously. We need to have it as part of our school improvement plan so that we are training staff to become first aid, mental health first aiders who are experts in being able to support staff if they are suffering from mental health or well-being problems. So that's another thing that I would recommend as senior leaders that you have well-being as part of your school improvement plan and you put actions in place like training staff and making sure you've got first mental health first aiders in school so that you can start to support those who have mental health and well-being problems more effectively because it's really important that staff feel like they are supported by their school. There's a lot of work going on currently in our society to to take away the stigma from mental health and we have to be doing that in schools as well and the way to do that is to have a focus on it, to make staff feel like they can share their stress, their mental health challenges and issues and that we can support them adequately through having well-trained staff and mental health first aiders in school. I'm also concerned at the staff well-being score in school, which is significantly lower than the national population at 44. And it means that in schools, we need to be doing more to support the well-being of our staff. 36% of staff have experienced a mental health issue in the past academic year. That goes up to nearly 40% for senior leaders. And that's a significant number of staff in schools. And this is why I say we need to include that in our planning. We need to include wellbeing and mental health in our strategic planning. 
78% of staff who have experienced mental health issues have put that down to their work and that's nearly 90% for senior leaders. So we have to recognise that the working conditions, the way we're asking staff to work in schools currently is causing significant problems. 44% thought that the symptoms could be signs of anxiety and 27% thought that they could be signs of depression. So we've got significant numbers of staff in schools potentially suffering from anxiety and depression and those numbers are incredibly higher than the national averages. And another concerning figure is that 28% thought the symptoms could be signs of burnout and that's nearly 40% for school leaders. So we need to recognise that a number of our staff are being significantly affected by mental health challenges, including anxiety, depression, and that a number of them are very close to burnout. And this is not a situation that, that we want to be in because we need our best senior leaders working in schools so that we can provide so that we can provide the environment for pupils in which they can thrive and an environment in which staff can thrive i i have to say like i said before i'm not shocked but a little bit surprised at how much some of these figures have increased since i shared them last time on the show with you and the figure of staff who have considered leaving the education sector in the past academic year due to pressures on their mental health and well-being is at almost 60%. Six out of 10 school staff have considered leaving education in the last year. And we have to make sure that we prevent this from happening. And the the bigger concern is that 67% of senior leaders have considered leaving the education sector. We just would not be able to cope if 60% of staff left. Now, just because 60% of staff have considered leaving, it doesn't mean that 60% of staff will be leaving, but it does mean that probably a significant number of those people who have considered leaving will actually leave at some point over the next few years. And that is something that we have to take very seriously. We need to make teaching and senior leadership a job that people aspire to because of the conditions of the job. At the moment, I think if we're, if we're teachers or senior leaders in schools and someone, maybe a member of the family, <laughs> says that they're thinking about teaching, we probably would try to put them off because we recognise what a challenging job it is and how stressful it can be. So it's just imperative that we create better well-being, that we create organisations in which people feel like they have a good work-life balance and that they can be happy working in those organisations. 55% of staff have actively sought to change or leave their current jobs. So in actual fact, it is a significant number who are actually doing something about it. 58% of school leaders have actively sought to change or leave their current job. And 68% have cited that it's the volume of workload. It's the number of tasks 
that they are being asked to do. And I think that is on top of their workload as a teacher, on top of what they do teaching children. Workload has been a significant issue. Probably for senior leaders, I would think it's the number of roles and responsibilities that they have linked to their job as a senior leader. I know when when I was a senior leader, the, the list of responsibilities that I had was huge. You know, each one of them probably was a job in itself. And I was expected as a senior leader to take on all those responsibilities and do all those roles. So I think we need to start thinking differently about workload. And that's for support staff and teaching staff and senior leaders. We need to think about when we are asking staff to take on tasks or to do tasks, whether there's something that we can take away at the same time. Because it seems like in a lot of schools, when there are a number of senior leaders, as I've said, with a lot of responsibilities, feeling under a lot of pressure to show impact, they are passing that pressure on to teaching staff and asking them to do a lot of extra tasks or pieces of work. And they are not recognising in some schools that lots of different senior leaders are asking staff to do lots of different tasks. And I think this is particularly pertinent at middle leader level. I think middle leaders are being asked to do an awful lot of tasks to do probably with monitoring and evaluation and school improvement above and beyond their job as a middle leader and they are they are struggling with that amount of workload and as senior leaders we need to think about what we are asking staff to do and we need to communicate as a team of senior leaders to make sure we recognize how much everybody on the team is asking of the wider support staff and teaching staff team it's really important we do that but then as head teachers and governors the responsibility there is to make sure that senior leaders are not being given too many responsibilities a number of job descriptions that i have seen are totally unrealistic there are not enough hours in the day in the week in the year to do all of the things that are required on that job description so we need to think about when we are when we're creating job descriptions when we're creating jobs that we're not making it an impossible job before it's even started because for 68 percent of of school staff to cite volume of workload as the main reason for thinking about leaving their jobs that is telling us that there is too much work to do People are being given too much work to do in the time that they've got. I mean, we must remember that the job of a teacher is almost two jobs. You have to do the class teaching, but I also think the planning and the marking could take just as long as the teaching does. And as we teach, we get better at that. But just doing those things is a job and a half in itself. And then when we pile on other work for those staff to do, data entry, monitoring and evaluation, work scrutinies, all those things that we, we like to do so that we can monitor what's happening in schools. 
we need to recognise that that is it's too much for staff and that we need to think about how we manage that and how we help them to manage their workload. The concern for me here as well is that 83% of senior leaders cited volume of workload as the main reason for thinking about leaving their jobs. And that just goes to show that we're asking them to do too much. We need to think about how we work better as teams of senior leaders, how we distribute the tasks, the roles, the responsibilities that there are, and how we use the strengths of the different members of our senior leadership teams to to make sure that tasks are evenly spread and that we, we are able to use our strengths as senior leaders to do what we're good at. So that it doesn't necessarily mean that as a, as a deputy, I would respon be responsible solely for everything to do with teaching and learning. Those jobs could be shared out better and more evenly across a senior leadership team so that we so that we don't end up overworked overstressed and ending up at the point of burnout so what exactly is it that's causing stress in the workplace as well as workload there were other elements of the workplace that were causing stress and trust a negative team culture and support all have an impact on those who stated they were stressed with 92% feeling that they were distrusted by their line manager. 88% felt that there's a negative team culture and 86% felt that they were not supported well by their organizations. And this comes down to what I've said before many, many times the culture in your organisation is key. When I interviewed Drew Povey, he said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And here is a good example of why that is so true. You have to create the culture in which people feel trusted, in which people feel like they're part of a team, that they are a valued part of a team and that they are being supported by their organisation to be the best that they can be and that their well-being and mental health is being supported effectively as well and that comes down to culture and it comes down to the culture that is created by the governors, the head teacher, the senior leaders in the school and creating a culture in which staff feel trusted and valued is absolutely key and also where they feel like they are part of a bigger team of people working together for the same aim. I think one of the biggest concerns that the Teacher Wellbeing Index raises is that there was a decrease considering the amount of work that's being done, particularly on the MPQSL courses and more broadly in education to improve cultures in schools. There was a decrease in the number of senior leaders and school teachers reporting their organisational culture had a positive effect on their well-being and those reporting a negative effect remained the same. So in actual fact, more people are saying that their organisational culture has had a negative effect on them. And this is a big concern for me because it's something that 
I've been making the podcast for two years now. So it's something that's been at the forefront of what we do in schools for the whole of that time. Well-being has been so important, so much so that Ofsted have recognised it and put it onto the Ofsted agenda so that schools are now being monitored in terms of how well they support the well-being of their staff. And this may be suggestive that that is not working, that it's not working for Ofsted to be monitoring that because there's not it doesn't seem like there's been a positive effect since Ofsted have started to do that. But considering over the last couple of years, we've recognised that well-being in schools is so important. And yet it looks like we've gone backwards. And this is a really big concern for me. I think it's just really stresses how key it is, but also that well-being cannot be lip service. You cannot be paying lip service to well-being. It has to be part of your culture. Well-being and the support for staff who are experiencing mental health issues and challenges has to be embedded in the school culture. And that's why I said earlier, it's about making sure that this is part of your strategic school improvement plan. Only, I say only half, it's 51%, but it is, I am using a little bit, I suppose. I'm just playing with the figures a little bit. 51% of education staff report that they have a positive team culture, which is about half. And I think that is a real worry that only half of education staff, I say only half, 51% is more than half, but barely more than half, report that they have a positive team culture. And 27%, which is more than a quarter, report that they have a negative team culture and moving on what is even more concerning is that less than half of all education staff feel fully trusted by their line manager and that's for the second year running that less than half feel trusted 45 percent it's one percent better than last year so there has been a slight improvement here it's probably negligible but 45% of education staff feel fully trusted. So 55% of education staff do not feel fully trusted by their line manager. And that is a shocking statistic because trust is at the heart of well-being. Trusting your staff and making them feel trusted. And I say this repeatedly on the podcast this is where paying lip service to well-being doesn't work. Putting cakes in the staff room or providing yoga sessions or basket weaving or art club or cookery classes, whatever you might be doing to try to improve well-being, those types of things, I'm not saying don't do them because they're very lovely to have, but get to the bottom of what your staff are feeling in your school, ask them whether they feel trusted. I wouldn't recommend doing, I wouldn't, re, I absolutely wouldn't recommend doing an anonymous survey. It's better to ask staff, and I think you have to think about how you go about doing that so you, you can gain 
honest responses to your survey. But you have to understand how the staff in your school experience working in the school and being trusted is part of that experience and if staff don't feel trusted it can have a huge impact on their well-being and their mental health when that's mixed in with all of the other elements that come together to create that sense of well-being but trust is at the top of the list and as a senior leadership team as a head teacher as a governor it's worth doing some work on whether staff feel trusted in your school do you trust the staff to do a good job an example of this might be when a few members of staff are not working at the expectation that you have made clear to them and in lots of cases what happens is blanket things are done in response so for example if a member of a department is not marking their books a head of department might do a whole department scrutiny or at a whole school level similarly if there are some members of staff who are not marking books the whole of the staff are subjected to a work scrutiny this then makes feel staff feel like they are not being trusted to do their job because those staff who are working to the expectations who are marking books and following the policy feel like they're not being trusted to do that because they're then being scrutinized rather than dealing with the specific members of staff so the one member of staff in that department who isn't marking their books an honest conversation needs to happen with that person the head of department needs to go to the person and be honest with them I've noticed that a number of your books aren't marked and I'm interested to find out why that is and open up a conversation with that person. If you know everybody else in the department is marking their books to the required standard, they do not all need to be tested as well. They don't need to be held to scrutiny. You know, you don't need to hold them to account like that because they are doing what they're supposed to be doing and they need to feel trusted. The same on a whole school level. Those members of staff who you know are not marking books need to be dealt with. They need to be spoken to. There needs to be a conversation. And if necessary, there might be some support that needs to be put in place to make sure that those members of staff can work to the expectations that have been communicated to them. But you do not need to do that for all members of staff. There does not need to be an all of a sudden next week we're having a whole school work scrutiny because we've noticed that some members of staff are not marking their books that does not create a sense of trust and when monitoring and evaluation is taking place it needs to be done in a supportive way yes sometimes there can be challenge in there but staff need to feel that they are being supported and they need to understand why these activities are taking place. There needs to be an openness and communication, clear, really clear communication. And that generally would be by being really open and transparent at the start of the year and having all of your monitoring and evaluating activities on the calendar so that people know what's happening and when. To explain why those activities are taking place and to support staff and to make that a collaborative process. So for example, 
a senior leadership team who go out and take books off pupils and bring them back and look at them without telling staff that they were doing that in the first place. Or another version of that, they might tell staff, but tell them on the last minute, so books have to be given in. Or even they're given some notice and books have to be given in, then all the books are taken to a private space where senior leaders look at them behind a closed door and then come back and say, this is the feedback. A typed up sheet of paper that will say, this was seen, that was seen, that was seen, and now you need to do this. You can do that in a more collaborative way. You can put groups of people together to bring their books, to share the work that they've done so that staff can look at the work that other staff are doing and identify best practice, good practice, share where they think they've been successful and talk together as a team, as a group of people about where we've identified gaps in our practice and staff can contribute to that. So it's not just top down led from senior leaders. And when you work in a way like that with staff so that those monitoring and evaluation activities mean something and they're a worthwhile activity, staff feel more trusted. They know you want to listen to them. They know that their views are being listened to and shared and they are involved in the process. And this is how you start to create a sense of trust. So whenever you're doing anything that's to do with monitoring and evaluation of staff, whether that be analysing data, looking at pupil progress, doing some lesson observations, a learning walk, book scrutinies, book looks, whatever it is you like to call it, always think about how you can involve staff in that work, how you can make it a collaborative and supportive process because in that way we might have more we might have more than 45% of staff in our schools feeling trusted to carry out their job well by their line manager so along with the workload issues the fact that staff don't feel trusted is having a significant impact on retention of staff because the influences on staff who are actively seeking to change or leave their job 70% of staff who felt distrusted by their line manager had actively sought to change or leave their current job and 65% of staff who felt they had a negative workplace culture had actively sought to change or leave their job so I think essentially what this survey is telling us is that we need to create better cultures in schools. We need to create cultures in which staff feel valued and trusted, first of all. Cultures in which staff feel like they can be honest and cultures in which staff feel like they are supported if they are struggling. And these are all things that episodes of the podcast focus on. They are things that the best schools get right because you see that the difference in the difference in the numbers of staff considering leaving, 88% of staff who felt they were distrusted are considered leaving compared to 54% who felt trusted. So while we've still got high numbers of people who are considering leaving even though they feel trusted, they're significantly less when staff feel trusted. So the culture that you create in your school is really key 
to creating that well-being. Also, one of the key things to take from it is the work-life balance. That is a massive, massive influence on staff who are considering leaving school. They cite work-life balance as a reason for leaving the role, the job. And as head teachers and governors, we need to make sure that we are looking closely at what the work-life balance of the staff in our school is and finding out how staff, like I just said before, are experiencing it. And that comes down to knowing your staff, understanding them, talking to them, building relationships with them where they feel like they can be honest with you and tell you about their mental health conditions, explain to you how their well-being is suffering, what their work-life balance is like. If you identify then that there are concerns about staff and their work-life balance, you need to figure out what you are going to do about it because something has to be done. So when you're introducing new initiatives, you can't do that unless you get rid of something else that you're asking staff to do. And when you do that, you need to include staff in those conversations. As senior leaders, you make the ultimate decisions. But when you're making big decisions like that, there is time to do due diligence, to find out the facts, to look at what's happening from the perspective of a member of staff and include them in those really important decisions that you are making about the new initiatives that you're going to implement in school and what things they feel like they can not stop doing so that they can start doing the new initiative. So a a really good activity that was happening in a school that I support with coaching just last week is using the strategy of stop, start, continue. So you look at all the different things that you're asking staff to do and you engage them in the process of deciding which things need to stop, which things you can start and which things can continue. But engage your staff in that so that they have ownership of it because that helps to build that culture of openness, trust and respect. And the other thing is really just to for me to sum up, really think about how you can help staff who might be suffering from poor well-being or from mental health conditions and issues. And I think that is by making sure staff are well-trained and that you've got mental health first aiders in school. So while the results from this survey are quite shocking and a serious, serious concern for the education sector moving forward, especially the number of people who have considered leaving over the past year is a huge concern. There are things that can be done about it, but it has to be done strategically. It has to be part of your one year, three year, five year strategic plan. You need to look at how you can improve your culture how you can focus on well-being and how you can support staff better so that they feel trusted, so that they feel respected and so that they feel like they are part of the team. I hope that wasn't too depressing because I know I went through a lot of statistics that are quite 
shocking and maybe a little bit depressing and concerning. But I think what we need to take from this is that we have to focus on well-being. We have to do something about it. And the only way we're going to do something about it is by taking positive action. So go away after you've listened to this podcast Go and find out how your staff experience working in your school and figure out how you can encourage them to be honest with you. Then think about a plan to put in place to support better well-being, mental health support in your school and involve the staff in that. Do that work collaboratively and start making changes. And if that can happen in all of our schools, then next time we get the this we get this report, this well-being index, then we can hopefully start seeing some improvements. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I've picked out some key bits from the well-being index that will help you to understand how they apply to what's happening in your school, how you are leading your school and some strategies and some ideas for how you can support well-being more effectively moving forward. Thanks so much for listening. I'll speak to you next time. Take care of yourself, take care of your staff and lead well. This episode of the We Lead Well podcast was brought to you in partnership with Progressive Masculinity and headteacherchats.com.